We're always driving to dance lessons. So we signed up for Know Your Drive. We save money and get closer to her dancing dreams. The daring young man on the flying trapeze. Or maybe her singing dreams. Sign up for Know Your Drive and save up to 20%. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Products not available in every state. Discount terms apply. Visit amfam.com slash knowyourdrive for details. American Family Mutual Insurance Company SI and its operating company 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Llegó la venta en Vuelve la Alegría de JCPenney. Completa tu lista de regalos y ahorra 25% extra con el cupón de esta semana. O ahorra hasta 80% en joyería fina con ofertas Red Bow después del cupón. Visita Sephora dentro de JCPenney y encuentra las marcas de belleza y perfumes que les encantan. Y aprovecha entrega tu auto. Juntos en celebración y paz. JCPenney. Ofertas válidas del 20 al 24 de diciembre. Aplican condiciones y exclusiones. Sephora se excluye de los cupones. Detalles en la tienda o jcp.com. trying to figure out how this thing is working like I never understand why it's never working properly like how many mic checks does one have to do to actually make things work what the fuck is this recording oh oh well hello and welcome friends to a brand new episode of beauty unlocked I'm Carissa as always that hasn't changed me myself and I how's everyone doing Lockdown measures are starting to ease up uh, here in Cyprus I don't know how's it going on on your end um, are lockdown measures easing up where you are? Is everybody going back to work? Life is never going to be the same again, so we can't really say normal. But how are things on your end? What's been happening? I want to get the news, the good good. So here in Cyprus, uh, well, I'll tell you what's been happening here. We've had a damn heat wave and it was rough. It still is. Hopefully by tomorrow, Friday, when I drop this episode, it's going to ease up. It was dust in the air. I think everybody was just like, shit, what the hell is happening? It's kind of weather. was. It was rough. Let me just tell you that. Definitely rough. Um, sweating buckets, as I mentioned in that bonus episode. I was just like, what is this? It doesn't matter if you're staying still or moving around. You're sweating the same amount. It was horrific, like honestly. Um... Not to mention, I saw the first cockroach that crawled in of the season. It's always me. Like, I always see the first cockroach of the season, um, probably because I visualized it and it came to be. And it just, oh my God, it was a battle right there. And oh, I have never leapt off a bed so quickly in my life. Well, probably I have because of a cockroach. Oh, but it was horrific. Horrific. I have one of those things where I'm just like, why do you have to exist? What is your purpose? It's gross. So, you know, I know that everything has a purpose, a reason for being and to exist. But seriously, cockroaches now? Like, what the hell? That part? Oh, gr oh gross. Um, yeah, so that, that, was, uh, <laughs> that was quite the battle right there. Um, apart from the heat and a cockroach, a cockroach situation, um, uh, tomorrow, obviously, I will be dropping this episode that I am recording today, Thursday morning, early morning. Good morning, friends. Um, but I'm hoping that tomorrow I'll be able to go to my favorite beach um, in the district over Limassol. In Pis it's called, it's a beach called Pissori. Well, it's 
the it's like a town that's called Pistori, but like where I go to the beach, it's like Pistori Beach or Bay. And I love it. That's where my mama and I used to spend a lot of time, actually. Like, we would pretty much go, like, almost almost every single day a few years back. And so it's one of my favorite places to go and, and swim and just stay under a tree or whatnot. I don't think I'll stay too long under the sun because you can't be doing that. <laughs> and so, yeah, so those are my plans. Um, since lockdown measures are easing up today, like salons and hair and like beauticians and all this like are opening up. So I'm sure that people are scrambling to get their hair, nails done and everything. Um, Cause it's been a long time. I actually need to call and make appointments. They're gonna be like, we're full until July. What the hell? Um, but I definitely need to be getting my nails and, and everything else done actually, so. <laughs> Speaking of, I was wondering how you guys enjoy that bonus episode on bumhole Botox. I'm sure you didn't know it was a thing. Neither did I until I read those like tons of articles and I was like, okay, all right, I see. I just loved how that article was written though because I could not stop laughing obviously as you could hear. And of course, like there are people who do have like fecal in incontinence and have other issues where they would need to go, you know, and, and get something whether it be hemorrhoids removed, skin tags, fissures, fistulas. I think that's going to stay forever in, in, ingrained in my mind, um, you know, to get rid of them and, and, and whatnot. Um, but other people, it's just to make their bum hole prettier. And I was just like, okay, so what? Your bum hole is exposed 24-7? You're walking around with your bum hole exposed? That's... Um, that's something so it goes to show you how even their society somehow pressures us that our sexual holes and just holes in general <laughs> um you know have to look quote unquote perfect <laughs> i mean like it's it's just a bit ridiculous that now we're even contemplating getting our bum holes fixed all right fair well fixed is one thing i mean you know but fixed in to make it lickable pretty what uh photo shoot worthy ready um yeah so how um, well who knew well now we do don't we <laughs> oh man well today's episode is going to shine a light <laughs> so sorry i just have again a mental image anyway we're going to shine a light on something else um that has been on us for thousands of years um yet we as a society sometimes have an issue if we see someone with it and people are thinking what the hell is she going to be talking about today we're going to talk about body hair <laughs> so my sister and i were just like right i have a list of like topics that i want to cover obviously but i was just like okay what am i going to like talk about what am I going to talk about am I going to talk about like ageism am I going to talk about you know I mean so my sister and I were kind of brainstorming and then I don't know how the hell it came about but she's like that's it you're going to do this episode on body hair and I'm like mm, okay all right um and let me tell you seriously the amount of information as always that I found um and 
it's it's a little bit um, uh, more one-sided, even though men are feeling the pressure um, to get rid of their body hair because, again, it's, you know, what we see in movies or in ads sometimes. And, and you know, um, you know, a lot of people also do it, I would say, I guess. I don't know. I mean, it could be taken both ways, like for aesthetic purposes, although your hair does serve a purpose in reality, but we're going to get into that a bit later. But men are starting to also feel the pressure to remove a lot of their of their body hair, maybe not their facial hair or head hair, but, you know, body hair. Um, here in Cyprus, I know I go and get laser um, hair removal on pretty much all my body, um, apart from my face. But um, I have seen, like, guys there, you know, at the Laser Institute where they're removing you know for on their chest or basically anywhere else you know so it's it's kind of um how would you say it's uh it's getting to be a normal quote-unquote kind of sight to see men without hair of course a lot like when I used to go to the gym and everything there were a lot of men who didn't have and a lot of them would shave and whatnot all right fair enough I mean Again, your hair does serve a purpose. We're going to get into it. Um, the reason why also I thought this was a good topic to choose from was because being obsessed with TikTok as I am, I, somebody get me off of that app. I saw a lot, you know, uh, a lot of um, vid like TikTok videos that are done about body positivity and things like this. I like those videos and I gravitate towards them. Um, but one of them, I forgot the name. Anyway, she... She, she's all around gorgeous doesn't really matter anyway but she is pro you know being oh natural keeping her underarm hair and everything and of course she's receiving a ton of hate and i'm thinking okay we as a society again where where, where why do we have an issue with what somebody does with their own body i don't understand why can we not just stay in our lane focus on driving straight instead of like you know swerving into other people's lanes and having to give a negative opinion by the way on somebody's hair whether it's be body hair their head hair whatever body shape whatever it may be why does everybody have to you know spread such hate and the fact that you're actually doing it behind a screen of some sorts it's like what what is wrong what why do you have to have that kind of hate you know, is it, there's, there's got to be an, it, there's got to be number one, a reason. And number two, there's got to be also like, what do you care if somebody has underarm hair or, you know, decides to keep their pubes long or whatever? Like, how does that affect you or your life for that matter? We're going to get into it right now. So as I mentioned, I found so many articles, so many things. Okay, a lot of them were kind of regurgitating what the other one was saying somehow, just using their own words. Um, it happens, but I, 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 I narrowed it down, I would say, to just a few. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I found things on feminisminindia.com, um, womensmuseum.wordpress.com, mike.com. Um, there, there are just a lot, um, that I probably will be mentioning throughout if I did not mention them in the beginning, but yeah, so here we go. Are, are you ready? I know you are. Here we go. So expecting a woman to get rid of all her visible body hair is just another example of how women are expect, expected to conform to the societal perception of an ideal image. Yes. <laughs> oh Lord. So while many women do start removing body hair for social slash normative reasons, 
not really too sure about normative. I mean, I really don't. I really try to avoid the word normal because I'm just like, what the hell is normal? Anyway, they continue to do so to appear more feminine slash attractive. Okay, so um, hair removal, it's, it's something that does have a long history, uh, especially for women. But did you know that the human body contains over f uh, 5 million hair follicles? I was just like, wait, what, what's, that, what's that number? <laughs> 5 million hair follicles. And while body hair seems pretty useless, it actually does serve a purpose, as I said, as I mentioned. So did you know that your hair helps regulate body, body temperature, for example? Uh, it helps keep humans warmer in colder climates. It also helps protect the body from outside elements like dirt. So as I mentioned, as, and as this article mentions, it, it helps you. It's there for a reason. It serves a purpose, unlike our enemy, the cockroach, which seriously, anyone who chal challenge me on that, challenge me and tell me what the hell does a cock, what is the purpose of that? I know I'm kind of like sidetracking here. What is the purpose? What is the purpose? My hair has more purpose than a cockroach does. All right. <laughs> so now, especially in the last, let's say, 10, 10 or so years, women have more of a choice to shave or not to shave, whether it be her legs, her armpits, her pubes. Um, and the same goes for men. We have that choice. But even when we decide whatever we decide, it seems to remain controversial, especially if we don't do it. So pop culture has waited on the conversation with women on television showing and talking more and more about their body hair. So we've even progressed, progressed to a point where lingerie ads feature women with body hair now. I haven't seen these um, lingerie ads. I would love to see them. I've seen like on Instagram, like people's personal accounts. Well, that sounds weird, personal accounts, but you know, their Instagram accounts. Um, again, it's all about body positivity and everything. And a lot of them do not remove their body hair. So I've seen it, but I haven't seen any of these ads, these lingerie ads. So I might just do a, a, a check, a quick a quick search on the, ins, uh, on the, on the Instagram. No, on, on the interwebs <laughs> to find out. So body hair is natural and helpful. So why then do women spend so much time removing hair from their own bodies? So to understand this, guess what guys, we're gonna have to go and take a look back in history. You know I love a history lesson, woohoo! So body hair removal emerged as a survival tactic many millennia ago. With time it was reduced to an aesthetic value um, which then served as a foundation for the oppressive modern and gendered notions of feminine hairlessness. We're going to look back millennia ago. So archaeologists have come to believe that the peoples of the Stone Age were the first ones to embrace shaving. And unlike now, um, shaving wasn't for vanity's sake, it was for safety. So according to History Undressed, both men and women during the Stone Age um, often shaved their heads and faces so that their opponents in battle wouldn't have the advantage of grabbing onto anything. This is very interesting, actually. We go that about uh, 100,000 years ago, uh, during the Stone Age, flint blades, seashells, and other sharp objects were used to shave off all body hair. 
So like we said, that hair removal was done for practical reasons, but one of them, apart from you didn't want your opponent to grab onto your hair in any way, shape, or form, it was also to prevent the frostbite, especially during the Ice Age, when the unending winter would make the water freeze on um, their body. It was also for, they were also doing it so that it wouldn't provide a breeding ground for parasites like mites and lights, uh, lice. And to take away, like we said, any advantage on your enemy might have like to grab onto your body hair. Because I wouldn't even, I would, I understand the whole like, it wouldn't even come to my mind, but like, okay, fair enough. The whole like parasite and lice thing, like just in general. Okay, fair enough. But, um, I would never think, oh, wait, my enemy's going to try to grab onto my hair. Might as well shave it off. But I, I, I mean, this is, we're talking about our ancestors here. So, you know, all right. So it only took a few more thousand years to understand that sharpening rocks just wasn't going to cut it. So in the ancient Egyptian era, men and women finally improved on how to take care of their body hair, all of it. So throughout Egypt and Mesopotamia during this time, it was common for women and men to remove all of their body hair, except for their eyebrows. And this is to allude to cleanliness and to conform to a beauty standard set by women like Cleopatra, the famous Cleopatra. So ancient Egypt, we're talking about around 3000 BC, um, they seriously were, were suckers for cleanliness. They maintained a strict regimen of bathing and removing body hair, primarily because of the blistering heat that they lived in. I totally understand. I live in Cyprus, and I, I mean, seriously, oh my God. But also because they believed that having body hair was an indicator of being uncivilized. This is very, this is an interesting concept. Cleopatra, she was quite the trendsetter, is one of the individuals to whom the creation of this beauty standard can be attributed to. So they used one of the many processes available at the time, such as sugaring, tweezers, shaving, and a combination of depil depilatory creams. This is interesting. These depilatory creams are quite different from what we might know um, of today. But they would use a mixture of burnt lotus leaf, tortoise shell, and hippo fat. They also used pumice uh, stones to remove all hair from their body, uh, like we mentioned, except their eyebrows. Also, according to the, can, okay, so according to the Encyclopedia of Hair, which I did not know existed, an Encyclopedia of Hair, copper razors uh, dating back to 3000 BC were found among ruins in Egypt and Mesopotamia too. There's also evidence that women in Turkey used homemade paste to remove much of their body hair. So we're moving from the ancient Egyptians um, and the, anci uh, in, in the ancient civilizations of Egypt and Mesopotamia, and we're going to go to the Romans, and this is around 400 BC. And like the Egyptians, uh, they viewed body hair as a class issue, but only for women. The amount of body hair was inversely proportional to one's status in society. So wealthy women during this era took to removing all their body hair with pumice stones, razors made from flint, and very scary looking tweezers called volcellas. And also they used um, the depilatory creams. Again, they were quite different from what we're used to today. Um, men, on the other hand, were free to wear their body hair however they liked. So similarly to Egyptian society, pubic hair was seen as uncivilized to people in the Roman Empire um, and Greece. So w young women were subjugated to the volcella, which we said the, the tweezers. 
especially when the second pubic hair appeared. The second pubic hair appeared. Okay. I'm trying, I'm, again, I'm trying to look look back into like my early, when my pubes started coming out. And I'm like, the second, once the second pubic hair came, time to take out the tweezers. That's how they thought back in the day. So therefore, hairlessness is a value that has deep roots in many cultures all around the world. Historically, societal perceptions on what, how, and why regarding body hair removal differed, of course. So then we go into the 1700s and the real straight razor appeared and it was created by Jean-Jacques Perret. It was originally for men to use on their faces if they wanted to, but women would use it as well. This is one of the few times in history when there wasn't one single beauty standard dictating how women uh, groomed their own body hair. Then we have the 1800s that brought um, an even safer razor created by King Camp Gillette. Ah, the Gillette razors. By the way, he wasn't actually a king. It was just his name, King Camp Gillette. So although razors were getting progressively safer, uh, they wouldn't be marketed uh, towards women until decades later. Can you imagine, though, like already like, you know, back we always like have, again, this romanticized version of like, oh, living in those days, you know, how whatever. We're not thinking, we're not taking into consideration how easy it was to, you know, I mean, all of us have at one, maybe one point in our lives used a razor and it's happened that we've gotten cut. Now imagine going three, 400 years back and that cut could have led to an infection which could have led to you dying, okay? <laughs> like this is how fragile, well fragile, I mean, this is how it was to the the, the concept of death, fair enough, It's diff it differs from you know culture to culture, but in the sense of it was very, very, it's still present today, but it was just very present in the everyday things that you would do, just getting a freaking cut, you could die from it. So, it, oh, mm, ooh, dangerous. So now we're going towards the more modern methods and ideas of body hair removal. So by the 1900s, women started wearing sleeveless clothes that exposed more skin. Oh my. And manufacturers of razors and uh, depilatory creams wasted no time in capitalizing on this change of style in clothing. Gillette, the pioneer of women's razors, markets strategically so as to use its products to create the problem to create the problem and provide a solution to save women from the, and this is in quotes, embarrassing personal problem. The fuck? Oh man, feeding on, on seriously, feeding on insecurities, these ads. I have to, I actually remember, I did find a few ads a few months back about this and I was like, the fuck? So in 1915, Gillette created the first ever razor specifically for women. It was called Milady Décolleté which promised to remove the humiliating growth of hair on face, neck, and arms. It referred to shaving as a refinement that has become a modern necessity and to its, um, and to its product as the dainty little Gillette used by the well-groomed woman to keep her underarm white and smooth. What? White and smooth? Clearly, um, you're definitely targeting a certain audience right there or a certain consumer. Uh, to keep her underarm white. I'm sorry. No, anyway, you see where I'm going with this, right? Um, so looking back a century later, this proves to be a landmark year in the history of social norms relating to women's body hair. So we're talking about, well, a century later, it's not this, I'm assuming this article was written in uh, 
2015 then. Um, so this is where also one of the first instances, this article points out that this is one of the first in instances where the fashion industry directly affected how women took care or how groomed their body hair basically because the shorter things got the more skin you revealed you had well not that you, well you had to re remove your arm or your hair your body hair you don't have to obviously but this was what they thought um was normal back in the day so continuing um advertisements and magazines at the time sought to inform inform women of the changing fashion trends that demanded women to remove all demanded huh women to remove all visible body hair apart from that on the head thank you very much labeling it as superfluous ugly unwanted and unfashionable these advertisements mark the beginning of the great underarm campaign the fuck 66% of the advertisement found in Harper's Bazaar's editions glorified shaving by the planned use of um, pictures, taglines, um, and it increased the frequency of such messages. Ah, so they showed women with bare arms and underarms raised ab above their, the head, accompanied with taglines such as, and I'm going to be reading this in that changed tone of voice, the fastidious woman today must have immaculate underarms if she is to be unembarrassed. Summer dress and modern dancing combine to make it necessary to remove objectable hair. Objectionable? Sorry, objectionable hair. And if we were the dean of women, we would levy a demerite on every hairy leg on campus. The fuck? What? Okay, anyway. <clears throat> McCall, a popular American magazine with considerable readership, gave an advertisement accompanied with the tagline, let's look at your legs. Everyone else does. The fuck? Life. Another magazine, well, we all know life. Another magazine gave another such advertisement stating that in order to wear those sleeveless tops that had just come into vogue, armpits must be smooth as your cheeks and sweet as your breath. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so, aided by changing fashion trends, skirts became shorter, silk stockings more prevalent, and swimsuits more revealing. Oh my. Manufacturers saw this as an opportunity and marketed even more aggressively for hair removal. Go fuck yourselves. Their advertisements encouraged women to abide by the right look that was slender, sophisticated, youthful, and sensual. And might I ask, uh, might I add white? Because this is, I mean, this is what they were targeted to the, the audience was that you had to be pretty much white, slender, sophisticated, youthful, youthful, and sensual kind of. Disregard. Llegó la venta en Vuelve la Alegría de JCPenney. Completa tu lista de regalos y ahorra 25% extra con el cupón de esta semana. O ahorra hasta 80% en joyería fina con ofertas Redbow después del cupón. Visita Sephora dentro de JCPenney y encuentra las marcas de belleza y perfumes que les encantan. Y aprovecha y entrega tu auto. Juntos en celebración y paz. JCPenney. Ofertas válidas del 20 al 24 de diciembre. Aplican condiciones y exclusiones. Sephora se excluye de los cupones. Detalles en la tienda o jcp.com. All other cultures and races, but anyway. Eurocentric beauty standards. Go fuck yourselves. So fashion of the 1940s and 50s coupled with World War II meant that American women were more and more encouraged to start shaving their legs for the first time ever. Because there was a shortage of nylon um, in those days, um, 
during World War II, um, they couldn't wear stockings every day. So that meant that women had to go bare leg legged. And um, it was deemed social socially acceptable that women shave their legs. <laughs> so after all this force feeding, force feeding, force feeding through advertisements, women no longer needed to be convinced that they had to remove their hair. It had already been forced um, onto them. And so the modern link between attractiveness, femininity, and hairlessness came to be. So let's say in about from the time where Gillette started its campaign in 1915, uh, also its campaign and it brought about the first razor specifically for women up to the 1950s so we're talking about uh 35 years of being force-fed you know because the fashion trends were, were were changing um things were getting shorter everything was becoming more revealing people would show their ankles oh my although well, that's a whole different topic right there um so you know you're force feeding saying that it's unattractive uh, you know don't be embarrassed uh, you should be embarrassed by your hair it's unattractive you're not ladylike you're not this you're not that you need to shave and shave everything that you know um because the fashion is getting shorter and shorter you need to shave whatever needs to be shaved <sighs> na, 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 na. So <clears throat> after the 50s, advertisements didn't focus on the why you should shave because it was already ingrained into your mind of why. Now these advertisements emphasized on the superiority of their product. So use me because this is better because I can um, precise shaving and this and that and blah, 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 all this bullshit. Sorry. For instance... The famous Remington came up with the first ever electric razor that was presented as a better alternative to manual shaving and creams that tended to irritate the skin. So by the 50s, society had accepted that a woman must be hairless in order to be truly feminine. Shaving had changed from being a freak story to the new normal. The hell? Waxing was introduced in the 60s and electrolysis in the 70s. Um, with the increasing popularity of swimsuits, especially two-piece swimsuits, in the 1960s, bikini hair removal gained momentum. So between the 1940s and 80s, this article is saying, body hair removal was deemed the norm, especially in the USA. And as a result of multiple factors, such as increasing globalization, colo colonialism, modernization, and westernization, the practice slowly and gradually, gradually permeated into uh, other parts of the world as well. Your fucking Eurocentric beauty standards. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> um, I found also an article about, you know, okay, so you're shaving your underarms, you're shaving your legs. What about the hair down there? Well, truth is, people have cared about pubic hair for a while. Okay. With the birth of the bikini in, the, in 1946, the stage was set for women to start trimming up down south. Sounds so weird. While the 1960s and 70s encouraged a wilder bush, the 1980s and 90s encouraged more of a trim, or in some cases, a complete trim. So during this time, images or videos, uh, videos of women shave, uh, with shaved pubis were being widely distributed, and it was either through fashion photography or pornography. And so women started giving it more thought. At this time, the Brazilian wax hit the mainstream. The first salon offering a complete wax came stateside um, in 1987. And from then on, the practice traveled mostly th uh, through word of mouth. 
So then you have also like uh, actresses like Gwyneth Paltrow who were talking about it. And also, if you guys remember Sex in the City, one of my favorite shows, uh, around like the year 2000, even Carrie Bradshaw, she gets um, a Brazilian wax. So in the last <clears throat> 10 years, women finally have the option of what they can do with their body hair, whether they remove it or not. It's definitely a stark contrast to the 1980s and 90s. Um, women now are more openly talking about their body hair and especially what dis what decision they make on it, whether they want to go hairless or they want to have their hair. So we can definitely say that for thousands of years, women have been told what to do with their body hair, but especially in the last like 100 and so years, when advertise the power of advertisement came to be, we were we were told what to do: shave it, do this, get rid of it. It's ugly, it's disgusting, it's unladylike, it's filthy. What the fuck? Anyway, and now we have the internet. We live on the internet pretty much, um, and so now it gives women an opportunity and a platform to to narrate their own story of this is my body. I have the right to shave wax or n not to it's my it's my right to decide what i should do in regards to hair grooming so this article says that women can go without shaving their armpits they can glitter bomb them and then post a celebratory picture um online uh women talk about it as we said um and also pubic hairs they they talk about their pubic hair what we do with it what we don't do with it um, Miley Cyrus and Madonna, they're trying to promote the idea that you can do whatever you want with your hair. Damn right. And it's, it's different, you know. What's also exciting is that there are men talking about their options too. I don't know. Who's Billy Bush? I don't know who Billy Bush is, but recently he showed apparently that um, now it's acceptable for men to get Brazilian waxes too. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, it's already a painful process, but... I can only imagine what a man has to go through. And the first image that pops into my head, even though it doesn't show a Brazilian wax, if you guys remember the movie 40-Year-Old Virgin, the 40-Year-Old Virgin, I remember, oh, what's his name? Steve, Steve, what's his name? Anyway, that actor, when he goes and gets his chest, like, waxed, <laughs> was like, oh, painful, painful. So that is the history of um, how we've been force-fed this idea or this normative idea that, hairlessness is pretty much apparently next to godliness cleanliness um which is difficult to get rid of such um such a notion because for so long it's been like you know it's just it's been force-fed upon us and it's very difficult to get rid of that idea of you know oh well we're allowed to do whatever we want with our body hair nobody can dictate what we do with our own bodies and if anybody thinks they can go fuck yourself seriously um i say that with all the love and light in me <laughs> there might be a little bit of rage in there but definitely full of love and light when i say go fuck yourselves to people who have an opinion on what people are doing with their body hair seriously check yourself <laughs> like understand the reasoning behind such uh, uh, an idea no notion and i think many people forget that we are mammals by the way we, we are mammals at the end of the day yes like human beings well more spiritual beings having a human experience but we are walking around in this human sack of flesh and we are mammals and technically mammals have hair 
Hello. Ah, anyway. So I want to actually get into a personal account, not my own personal account, but I can, <laughs> that sounds weird, but um, I can um, definitely relate with this um, article that I found. Um, and it's about, um, r sorry if I, again, I don't pronounce this name correctly, Rukaya Harris, Rukaya Harris. And um, I found this article and on daysdigital.com. And it's uh, the title is Despite Body Positivity, Rukaya Harris is Still Disgusted by Her Body Hair. So I'm going to talk, well, we're going to, to, to see kind of like both sides of it and talk about the things that I've already mentioned throughout. Um, so from Ashley Armitage's advert for Razor Brand Billy, the first of its kind to feature women with body hair as opposed to the usually silky smooth hairless pins to Nike's campaign earlier this year that featured Niger Nigerian American singer Ana Anastasia with her arm raised to reveal a small patch of hair on her armpits. Mainstream representations of body hair um, are changing. And as a result, there's a viral body positivity movement. More and more women are starting to embrace their natural body hair and brands are following suit. Yes, because we are the consumer. Listen to us. God damn it. Of course, it is inspiring to see women who don't just love themselves in spite of their body hair, but actually love how they look in their natural state. This is what Rukaya says. I feel struck by the sheer courage and self-belief it takes for anyone to reject a social convention that is so intensely and relentlessly thrust upon us. Yet truth be told, I can't help but still feel disgusted by the sight of body hair on women. This is what she says. Um, and we're going to see why so she says that for generations the media represented um this normalized version of hairlessness uh or hairless women so through these portrayals we seem to have been conditioned into accepting that a woman's natural state is to be smooth-legged and bump-free while the movement to embrace body hair has certainly helped alleviate some of the stigma surrounding it the focus so far has typically been on thin white bodies with the hair itself being confined rather inoffensively to small patches on the legs and underarms. Um, it's failed to mention basically or failed to show uh, visually beard hair, sideburns, monobrows, mustaches, and navel hair on women. It's something that we don't really see. Um, especially also like it's very rare to see on social media. I've only seen like I said a few posts but yes like typically always see like small patches of hair and me being um, mixed race and everything let me tell you I do not have small well I mean now I don't have that much body hair but in the sense of I never had small patches of hair it was just there in your face dark pretty thick as well I did have a mono brow that's the Mediterranean in me <clears throat> I do I I do have a little bit of like sideburn issue uh, beard hat mustache everything I have that by the way so um, a lot of, of times um, it's alienating not to see this um, because there's some women or some some women, yes, whether as a result of PCOS, so that's polycystic ovary syndrome or being trans or just belonging to a certain ethnic group. They're kind of leaving a lot of that out because, you know, there's an underrepresentation of it. So the article continues saying that though the policing of women's bodies is a universal issue, when it comes to matters of body hair, it's particularly comp a complex issue for women of color. 
When I was about six or seven, I remember being taunted about my mustache and thick monobrow by older kids. It was the first time I became aware of conventional standards of beauty by the fact that I was not fulfilling um, them. To avoid being the subject of ridicule, I withdrew into myself. I would avoid standing too close to people who, who could see my facial hair and didn't make much eye contact and would try my best to avoid direct sunlight. I found it difficult to find uh, or to feel confident in social situations and struggled to perceive my own femininity or feel attractive to boys. This is uh, what Rukaya uh, remembers. This was not just my experience alone. I remember distinctly that it was mostly South Asian and Middle Eastern girls at school with visible body hair who felt the most pressure to remove it. Light hair against fair skin seemed markedly less offensive in comparison, and most of the white girls I grew up with only bothered to shave their legs from the knee down. Seeing their furry blonde thighs unshaved and unbothered, I became acutely aware from the onset of puberty that the onus on me to remove my body hair would always be far greater as a South Asian girl with thick, dark hair. So she continues to say that she was desperate to begin experimenting with hair removal, and she began shaving and attempted to wax at the tender age of 11. Uh, I was only able to start feeling more com uh, comfortable and confident in my body after I had convinced my mom to let me get raz uh, laser hair removal on my face at around 12 or 13 and on my legs soon after. Actually, I, I can again relate because I think the first time I actually shaved like my mustache, I was quite young. I was very young, actually. That's that's horrific to think that I, I shaved my mustache, but I did. I did. She continues to say that the pain was excruciating, like tiny electric shocks burning my skin. I know the feeling. My hair follicles were thick by genetic design and were not going down without a fight, but I persevered, sorry. So while other girls were going shopping and hanging out at the Starbucks on Saturday afternoon, I was biting into towels and fighting back tears in the quest for beauty and a sense of inner peace. But when I began to see the hair growth start to drastically reduce, I instantly knew it was well worth all the pain. And she says it totally transformed her confidence. Uh, that said, whilst the results were gratifying as the hair reduction was significant, they were not permanent. And I have since had to have various courses of laser hair removal, as well as tedious evenings spent waxing and shaving during the years in between. I am currently undergoing my full body laser hair removal which um, costs just over 2,000 pounds, and I pay for it in monthly installments. She says that she goes every six weeks into the salon, and she lies there like a beached whale for two hours, getting zapped pretty much everywhere except for the hair on my head in the hope that one day I will finally be rid of my body hair completely and never have to think about it again. I feel you. I understand you. So she goes on to say that, of course, I recognize that body hair positivity is important, and I hope it allows a lot of young girls to love and accept themselves in a way that I wish I had been able to. But for me, being uh, confronted with images of body hair is not only a reminder of a particularly low period of my life, it is still very much an ongoing and physically painful part of my life. I don't feel as though I will ever be free from these internalized notions of beauty and femininity that are etched so deeply into my psyche. So whilst it is empowering to see images of women embracing their body hair, it could also be trigger triggering for her, she says. 
and a reminder of how body hair and women's beauty standards will always be ra uh, racial racialized. Perhaps it's easy to embrace your body hair if it was never really weaponized against you. Should I actually, um, I'm actually going to reread re that sentence. Perhaps it's easy to embrace your body hair if it was never really weaponized against you. It also feels surreal at times that the same beauty culture that made me loathe my own body hair is now telling me rather forcefully that I must embrace it. It made me feel unworthy of self-love or self-love for having body hair in the first place and now makes me feel as though I have failed at self-love again because I haven't yet learned to accept the hair I was always taught to hate. Self-love sold to us by corporations and through social media makes self-acceptance seem so easy when we're reduced to a superficial Instagram post. But true self-love requires a lot of work. Yes, it does. And that perhaps many of us aren't yet willing willing to or able to do so. At this point in my life, what I am willing to do is continue down this path of hair removal as it makes me feel happy to be smooth and hairless. And that's okay too. I totally understand though, it's true. It's like the society that told you, shave it, shave it, shave it, it's ugly, it's disgusting, like we said before. Now this society, I'm telling you, society confoculates me. Now it's telling you, embrace it, embrace like your body hair, embrace all of this. So what we were told were, imperfections for years and years and you know um and now they're just like embrace your imperfections and it's like what so for half of my life or more than half of my life you're telling me hate myself hate myself hate myself you're not perfect enough you're not white enough you're not pretty enough your hair isn't straight enough you have too much body hair you have mustache hair what the fuck now it's like love it love it all love yourself and it's like uh, okay, that's going to take a fuckload of work, especially in, in, in her case where she started at six. Um, well, she started at 11 years old and everything, but she was made aware at six years old that she's um, not fitting the ideal beauty standard at six years old. We shouldn't be thinking about these things yet. Society forced us to think about these things and society made us feel like crap and also live in a society that compares us. So sometimes, yes, it's true, like um, white people just don't have as much hair as, let's say, mixed race um, people, for example, or, you know, depending again on ethnicity, Middle Eastern or South, um, South Asian, you know, Mediterranean, you know, so already there's this comparison of like, well, we have, you know, more body hair, you know, than a lot of the white population does and it's it's like for years you made us feel like crap about it and i remember when i was going to catholic school and stuff like that and we had like yes i went to catholic school i think i mentioned that actually but we had like skirts and stuff like that to wear and i you know it was incredible i had to i had to shave because looking at like the other girls that i was in school with they didn't it didn't seem like they had this issue and if they did their hair was like that blondish kind of hair so they didn't even need to shave Whereas here I am, like, um, a bit darker skin than they are, and my hair is extremely dark, so guess what? Started shaving at, like, e t 10, 11 years old. And it's just like, oh, my God, seriously. Ugh, I feel you. I feel, I understand the struggle in so many ways. Um, because it is, it is difficult that for years and years you're taught to self-loathe. And then you're, you're, people turn around and say, no, you must love yourself. 
Okay, do you understand how much work that takes? Like, seriously. So we have come to an end of this episode. And I want you guys to think about this honestly. When you see a woman especially, we're not talking about the men, sorry gentlemen, but you know, this also can like, you know, this involves you too. When you see a woman, a woman or women who decide not to shave, not to get rid of their hair, what's your first thought? Is it to immediately judge and be like that's disgusting? Or is it to be like, yes, embrace it? You know, what, how do you feel about it? I want to know. I want to hear your opinions on the matter. I want to actually hear your opinions in general about Eurocentric beauty standards, because this is also another Eurocentric beauty standard. Um, last week, we did talk about skin lightening, skin bleaching in last week's episode. And um, I did receive a few comments on Instagram, actually, about um, people's personal experience with it. And how, you know, maybe their siblings um, were a bit lighter skin than them and they didn't feel pretty enough compared to the, even their own siblings. You know, um, again, the society, this culture that we have of comparison and compare, comparing one another, even down to siblings being compared and whatnot. Um, so I actually did a CTA, which is a call to action on Facebook and on Instagram and I want to hear your stories, actually. And the reason why I want to hear your stories is because, as you all know, Beauty Unlocked, it came um, into being because there were all these social issues that I was judged on for many, many years, and I'm just sick and tired of it. And so I wanted to point out the many flaws that society has and this beauty standard that's really unattainable. I mean, because it doesn't take into consideration ethnicities, cultures, backgrounds, anything and everything. It's just one type of beauty. You have to be this, 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 and this, you know, and the way that we suffer um, for so many years, you know, believing that we're not good enough because we're not attaining that perfect, whatever the fuck that means, that perfect standard of beauty. So I want to hear all your stories. Um, I want you guys to share it. Send me whether it be uh, privately or through the Facebook group and page, sending me a private message, or if it's like DMing me on Instagram, or even sending me an email at um, beautyunlockedpodcast at gmail.com. I want to hear all your stories because, and I will not, I mean, if, if you share your stories with me and if you give me permission, I would like to share it on the podcast uh, because I want to show well show can't really show you but I want people who do listen to this podcast to understand that we are not alone in this struggle of where sometimes we do have self-loathing and that's because of what society has force-fed us so this is why I want um, everyone who who listens to the show to actually share their stories about how Eurocentric beauty standards have affected them personally it doesn't matter whatever whether it be from um, being shamed for your body hair being shamed for your skin color um, your natural hair on your head to um, you know your your body shape anything your size whatever whatever it is I want to hear about it because I think it's very important that we share one another's like stories and this is what one of the things I do throughout the podcast is share little bits here and there of my story um, throughout my life of kind of suffering under this Eurocentric beauty standard. So please, 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 like, let's share each other's stories. Send me, like, a DM. Send me a message on Facebook. Um, email me. 
as I said, beautyunlockedpodcast at gmail.com so that I'm able to share these stories on the podcast. With that, I want to say, and I know, again, I always say it, but love each other, love yourselves, spread some of that sweet, sweet love. Please, before you like send hateful messages or you judge someone, stop to think, are those my ideals and my ideas of beauty? Or is it because I've been force-fed by society for so long that I am regurgitating what I've been force-fed onto someone else and that has really no impact on my life if they have body hair or if they're bigger than me or if they're slimmer than me or if they have a different whatever, you know? Please don't spread the hate. Just spread the positive vibes, this, the positive, like, loving vibes that we need, especially in this time. So with that, you'll hear from me on next week's episode. We will speak, well, we will speak. I'm, I'm hoping to listen or, oh my God, I'm hoping to hear from you guys. Seriously, the temperature is rising and I'm, I'm getting confuculated. Well, I'm always confuculated. But you will hear from me next week. With that, stay safe. And I look forward to receiving those messages. Bye. Wow. It's your apartment speaking, and I need some favors. When you're singing in the shower, just try going up a key. You're trying to be an alto when really you're a soprano. Oh, and if you could bundle your renters and car insurance with GEICO, it's easy to do online and we could save money. And then, when you read your murder mysteries at night, could you read out loud? But skip the murder parts because I get scared. GEICO. For bundling made easy, go to GEICO.com today. We're always driving to dance lessons. So we signed up for Know Your Drive. We save money and get closer to her dancing dreams. The daring young man on the flying trapeze. Or maybe her singing dreams. Sign up for Know Your Drive and save up to 20%. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Products not available in every state. Discount terms apply. Visit amfam.com slash knowyourdrive for details. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.